Hello, this is Jacqueline Lowe speaking, and I'm going to welcome you today to the Electric Eel series at Grace That Rains. This is our newest initiative. The Electric Eel series was created to help jolt us out of our mundane lives and to help us to focus on the wonder of God and the wonder of the moment through stories and sharings from the different guests whom we've invited to join us. Today we have a special guest. His name is Father Warren Steckline, and he is from the Diocese of Dodge City, Kansas. Currently, he's at the parish of St. Dominic's in Garden City, Kansas. He is going to help us now to just renew our sense of wonder for the vocation of his calling, the priesthood. Hello, Father Warren. Hi, Jacqueline. How are you today? It's good. It's a good day. Uh, it's a good day to sit and talk to you about the priesthood. It's very warm in my heart, so um, I can't wait to find out more about you. I've known you for a few years, I think, and this is just going to be a, an awesome way to just get to know your vocation a little better. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, Father Warren, when did you first receive your first, like, the interior calling to be a priest? I think probably initially I was a, a, a very small child being raised in a very active Catholic family. And the, the parish priest, the pastor at that time, was a, a pretty good friend of my, my family's, my parents. And he was around on occasion. And as a kid, I just saw what he did and didn't understand the whole lot, but just had an admiration for for his priesthood so early on i think there were some seeds planted decided that you were going to pursue another vocation how did that go well you know when i was still a a, a child we had a, a change of pastor and a number of pastors actually before i graduated from high school all of them had a, a very different personality very different styles but I, I really had an admiration for them, mm. particularly because of what they did, not so much just for who they were, mm -hmm. but there there was a, a priest when I was about in the maybe fourth or fifth grade and became an acolyte, started serving. Mm -hmm. um, one day after Mass, he just very calmly and kindly and said, Warren, you know what? Uh, a little birdie told me that one day you're going to be a priest. <laughs> and I just kind of smiled and went on didn't think a whole lot of, about that and of course you know life happens i got out of my parochial school and went to a public high school mm -hmm. there wasn't a catholic high school in my my hometown mm -hmm. went on to a, a community college four-year college and and a graduate school and proceed uh, pursued a, a degree in in business and taught for a brief time and hmm. enjoyed what I was doing. But during all of that time, I had always been very active in whatever church I was, the town living in, mm -hmm. uh, the college town and in the Newman clubs, I was always involved in the campus centers there. And um, I think probably during my latter years of college and early years of grad school, spending a lot of time with the campus centers, um, maybe just becoming more enamored by what, what the priests were doing and just kind of compared 
what they were doing to what I was doing, which I, I enjoyed what I was doing. But I just thought that they were making a, an impact, a, a greater impact. And so I, in the back of my mind, I was wondering if maybe I was making the, the right decisions in life, following the, the, the right path. Mm-hmm. And just kind of, once again, opened the, the door to that possibility. And I suppose the great thing about this, your parents, your family were great models of faith to you, too. They were my 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 parents, my grandparents, and mm-hmm. that aunts and uncles and circle of friends that my my parents were associated with. They were all pretty great mentors and witnesses. Hmm. I think that is needed in this day. It's changed, but do you think it's changed for people who are looking towards the vocation these days? You know, I I think it has. You know, it's like when I was a, a kid, we were kind of lucky that. We had a, a pastor in my parish, and 11 miles up the road, there was a, uh, another parish in my county, and they had their own pastor. And mm-hmm. you know, today you have a, a priest with two or three or, or more parishes, and oh, yes. it's just sometimes harder to identify or have that one-on-one time with, with families that, that we had years ago. Yeah, and that is something of your strength. I know you're very good one-on-one with people. Is that important to be as a priest? Oh, I I think it really is. I mean, naturally, people always love it if they have a, a, a pastor or a priest. It's very charismatic and a great preacher. Um, everyone loves that. But I think that a lot of people are just happy to have a person who's trying to live a, a holy life who cares about them, who loves about, who loves them and wants to be there for them. I think that's what, what people are, are yearning for as well. I think you're a role model. I hear so many good things about you. And um, some of the things you don't hear really are the fact that you, you, you really um, impress upon them the faith, the, the faith life, the way of doing things. And um, what is the, one of the the best memories, what do you like about being a priest besides the relationship aspect? Well, I, I love the, the time for prayer. Mm-hmm. I, I love the time to continue to, to study and, and, and read and continue to, to learn more about Scripture, to learn more about the, the history of our church and, and my, my own faith. I just love that, that aspect of being able to continue to learn more in that respect. And then also that the people, the people just teach me so much. Mm-hmm. We live in a great country. The people in the parishes are so diverse from their backgrounds and all that they do. And just weekly, I'm, I'm learning new things from, from my parishioners, and that's pretty exciting. Wow, that that is very amazing. You have been a priest for you just told me thirty years. Yes, this summer it will be thirty years. Wow! In the beginning, what were you thinking? Did you think that wow, you know, I reached thirty? Can oh, what what is going through your head during this anniversary? It's coming up on June the ninth. You know, I I wonder where the time has gone. Um, I've recently was going through a file and came across some pictures of when I was newly ordained and um, 
in many ways, it seems like it was just a, a year or two ago. <laughs> I can't believe how fast the time has flown by. Wow. That, that's very exciting. Um, as a priest in um, a rural community, uh, how, how do you think, what, what is good, what is amazing about a ministry in a rural community? You serve three churches, I think. Currently two. Two, two. parishes. Two yes. parishes. And um, that takes a lot of commitment, a lot of traveling, and a lot of organization, I, I would suppose. So it must be um, something like most of the priests that I know have only one parish. Uh, have Have you always had two or more parishes? Not not always. There's been a, a really a couple of times that I, I served one parish only, um, but that was for probably a period of less than 10 years. But for at least 20 years, it's been two or more parishes. Oh, that's amazing. How do you think your community has changed over the years in terms of um, what are they looking for or their faith life or even the types of people who are come and gathered at your churches, at your parishes? Well, I, I think one of the things that has changed is that there's a, been a real blurring in, in Christianity, uh, kind of a, a new interpretation or, or reinterpretation that I believe really pulls some people away from from the, the truth. There seems to be a societal uh, a societal acceptance of reinventing or recreating a, a religion um, to make God fit our model, to make God fit our choices, to make God fit our desires. And in, in communities, I just see new churches popping up all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and there may be a doctrine there that really caters to what the people's tastes and preferences are. And so I, I see a real watering down of, of scripture, of Christianity, of, of, of doctrine. And that that's, of course, concerning to me. And that that's a, a challenge when we have beautiful truths, but sometimes hard truths that we have to, to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That is one of the big, big changes, I think, that I've encountered in, in the communities I've ministered in. Hmm. So that's like a, um, like, the, like our communities are, are taking in different ideas and ideologies, correct? Oh, definitely. Oh. Definitely. In your, in your parish, what do you offer uh, in terms of uh, how to, how to, um, attract those people back to the church what what do you think then would attract people back to say the or the orthodox church the church that you grew up with one of the things that i see right now in the two parishes that i serve in the in the larger of the two parishes quite a a few people are involved in retreat experiences um men's retreat women's retreats that sort of thing Uh and it's really been a a positive thing there's an ongoing formation period after people make a retreat Mm -hmm. and in the the busyness of their work life family life and social life when they can take maybe uh in beyond the mass experience 
maybe an hour or so a week to meet with other other men and, and women just for ongoing formation. It's amazing the the radical transformation that has in people's lives. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're saying is is they have to realize uh, what is their priority, what is, how how they can prioritize their faith in their lives to continue that in their homes. Yes, definitely. And of course, you know, we are a, an independent people. We like to do things our way. And many people have worked very, very, very hard. And sometimes the, the path takes them down a road that isn't real life-giving. Mm-hmm. And they just have to realize that they need to be redirected or, or, or rebooted, you might say. Mm-hmm. And coming back to the church and going through a retreat like that, mm-hmm. let's kind of begin again and helps them refocus on, on what path to follow. Oh, that, that is excellent. I, I, would, um, I would agree with that. Now, tell me about your own personal relationship with Jesus. Um, do you pray? There are certain prayers you pray, or um, tell me more about that. How is this relationship like? How, how has it been in the past? And it, it usually evolves. It goes up and down. Yes, tell me about that journey. You know, I, for many, many, many years, probably since I was a, a teenager or a preteen, I've had a, a strong prayer life that has changed from praying a rosary to scripture reading to meditation, contemplation to the divine office. Um, all of those things continue to, to be a, a part of it. Mm-hmm. But as strong as I believe my relationship with Jesus Christ has been, my, my last immediate family member passed away in the year 2013. Mm-hmm. And in these last seven years, the, the one true constant that I have in my life you know, is, is Jesus Christ. Correct. Um, and I, I realized there have maybe been times in my life that I would take Christ for, for granted mm-hmm. um, because of my, my time or relationship with, with other, other family members and what we did and how we related. And, and the absence of that, um, having no immediate family members left in my, in my circle, mm-hmm. I, I just really, really lean on and depend so much more and think I've grown, grown ever closer to Jesus Christ. I've, I've been blessed with great friends and, and wonderful parishioners. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as priests, we move, we come and go. Yes. And, you know, Jesus Christ has been that constant with me forever. Well, I, I guess you're answering my question then. How does it, how do you find it when sometimes you get lonely? There are certain challenges that come with the vocation of the priesthood. So um, you were saying that you have a greater experience with the relationship with the Lord during those times. Yes, and, and for me, um, looking back over 30 years, I, I must say that there's really been no time that I've been lonely. I'd gone to a, an urban seminary, and then coming back to a rural area, mm-hmm. there was a little bit of a, a culture change or, or shock that took me a year or two to get reacclimated to a rural area. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, 
probably 28, 29 years now, I I have never been bored. And <laughs> I've, never, I've never been lonely at, at all. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is because I, I am an introvert. Uh, I do enjoy quiet time. I enjoy reading. Um, so I, I feel very fortunate in that respect. Wow. Uh, I know you well, and I, I, I agree. Um, I think your way is to go interior. Um, what do you feel about um, the young men who are seeking the vocation right now to the priesthood? What advice would you like to give them? Well, I would just like to let them know that to become a, a priest is a, a true, true adventure in life. And I would just encourage them to keep any expectations that they have in check and to be totally open to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Just because they may have had a a certain kind of experience in their church growing up with a a pastor or two or the own dynamics of their own own parish of origin, Mm -hmm. those things are very fluid. Um, And so after they're ordained, they may be in a situation very, very different than what they experienced prior to their ordination. Mm-hmm. But to just let go of the expectations and to open themselves to the Holy Spirit. Well, that That is a joy, and that feels like the right thing to do. And especially during this time when um, just a number of years ago we went through the clergy abuse uh, situation, and that is a still very good advice from you just to keep open, correct? Oh, definitely, definitely. Hmm. Are you mentoring any priests right now, young priests or young young men who are interested in the in the vocation? At, at this time, I am not. Um, we do have a, a a young priest mentorship program, and mm-hmm. in the town I I live in, there's another parish with a a relatively new priest about three years now i think he's been ordained to the priesthood mm-hmm. so we do have a, a mentorship relationship as far as pastoring is concerned um in, in years past during the summer months i've had seminarians live with me and work with me um through that through the summer when they were away from their seminaries mm-hmm. um which has been a a good thing i hope for them and it, it certainly has been for me too to to have them live and minister with me. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been an, a very amazing uh, conversation with you. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add uh, in our discussion? Because um, I know your path is continuing. It's going to be long. Um, what what happens? I just kind of wondering what happens during times of discouragement, though, Father Warren. Do you have? Um, Eucharistic adoration, or or do you just go inward and talk to Jesus uh, about your discouragements? It, it can't... In, in, mm-hmm. in the the community that I live in, mm-hmm. um, outside of the time of pandemic, we mm-hmm. have a, a chapel with twenty four hours adoration, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a great place that one can go. Yes, but as you said, I I do have a tendency to go interiorly, mm-hmm. but um, I I I keep talking to my spiritual director i keep talking to to close friends and just maintain hope i and i i i trust in jesus we just celebrated a divine mercy sunday Mm -hmm. and that's that's just a a a mantra that i have to to repeat that i 
I, I trust in him. I trust in him. That is that is a very powerful mantra for sure. And um, I can't wait till this is all over, this COVID virus, and then we can go out and, and come to your church again because uh, the church is alive and the people really uh, find Jesus there and it gives them so much hope. I believe so. <laughs> Well, Father Warren, this has been a, a wonderful conversation with you, and I can't wait to see you. <laughs> well, it's been good talking to you, Jacqueline, and, and thank you for this time and opportunity. Thank you, and I hope our listeners will take a look at this, listen to this, and consider their young sons or uh, young men who are interested to enter the seminary. This is Father Warren again from, this is Dodge City, Kansas, and his parish is called St. Dominic and St. Stanislaus. In Garden City and... Ingalls. Thank you, Jacqueline. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, friends, thank you for joining us at Grace That Reigns at the Electric Eel Series. We've just spoken to Father Warren Steckline from the Diocese of Dodge City, and he's helped us to jolt our spiritual lives for the vocation of his priesthood. I hope you join us the next time as we begin this series again in June, starting with yours truly, me. <laughs> but I will be speaking about a very supernatural event that's happened as a testimony that will hope will help you also to see that there's a whole new way of thinking about God. Okay, goodbye. See you soon at www.gracedatrains.com. Thank you.